Somebody in the house give Jesus a hand up and praise. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Aren't you glad to be in church? Alive and well. Ready to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We have a special guest with us today. It is a baby by the name of Jameson Calhoun Nally. I don't know if Jameson is sleeping or not. All right, at least stand up and give us a little view of the sleeping little baby. Y'all sit down. Isn't that gorgeous? We're going to see if, if he can make it through one of my sermons and still sleep like a baby. This is the test of all the children. And most of them do pass. I preach them to sleep, so I'm doing a good job. Next Sunday, Gap Widows will be recognized during our morning worship service, and we'll have a little video for you. It's just highlighting the ministry so you know what's going on. If you are a widow or recently have become a widow, we welcome you to come to this group. It's such a great time of, of the Word, of fellowship, and <clears throat> we have food, so food's always good. That's why I go. No, I'm just kidding. I go to see you ladies <laughs> and to eat with you. Senior Door Choir, first meeting, 50 and over, will be next Sunday at 530. And also the next um, Widow's Meeting, as I was talking, will be September the 12th at noon. Uh, we're going to have some good country cooking, pork loin, rice and gravy, squash casserole, and desserts. Somebody ought to say amen. God's good, isn't he? If you have your Bibles this morning, look at Mark. <clears throat> As our Facebook viewers can tell, <clears throat> we're still using my phone back there. It's not the highest quality from that distance, but you know what? At least we're able to still minister online. We were struck by lightning a few weeks ago, as many of you may know. If you're new here, that's why we only have we have three projectors up. Only have one working. That's actually a longer unit. That music maker was nice enough to give us so that we could have something for you guys for singing and also for the word. And so we're thankful to them for giving us that longer until the new ones come in. But we have ordered everything, and so now we're just doing the waiting game. And uh, we wish it was like Amazon. You could get next day delivery every now and then, but that's not the way these items work. So you just pray that it would be expedited. I sure am praying and hoping that it happened this week, but uh, you just pray with me that, that the Lord would work out all the details. And we could get this um, back up and running next week. I would be absolutely thrilled. Today I want to preach a sermon that the Lord would help me on receive what you need. It is very, very simple. Nothing really theological for you today. I just simply want you to receive what you need. How many of you would like to receive what you need? I mean, is there anybody in the house that has a need? Is there, is there anybody in the house that maybe you've been praying about something and you're waiting on God to answer it? All right? I'm preaching to you today. With the key word of the day is going to be faith. Can everybody say faith? Faith. And we're not talking to a girl back there named Faith. But the word faith. This is our key word today. When you look in the Bible and you begin to look at the word faith, you find that the word faith is used, uh, as far as the King James Version is concerned, I think it's 247 to be precise. But in most versions, around 250 would be the average time that the word faith is used. One version uses it as many as 275 times that it is used in one version. If you were to add the words belief and trust to them, that number would even escalate. Those are words that are similar, obviously, to the word faith. 
And my goal today is very, very simple. The point is and the goal is that by the time you leave here today, you will know how to receive whatever you need. It is going to be by and through that one word. Faith. In the book of Mark, I want to read chapter 9, verse 17, if I may. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. That means he wasn't speaking in other words. The devil would love to shut us up. That old mute spirit sometimes tries to oppress us and get a hold of us in worship services. You know it? It was a mute demon. Every time the boy tries to open his mouth, this demon would do something crazy. Whenever he tries to, it says wherever it seizes him, it throws him down on the ground. He falls at the mouth. He gnashes or gnaws his teeth. He becomes rigid. He becomes out of control, stiff even, as if a seizure is taking place. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not do it. He answered and said, he looks at the disciples first and says, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? And he looks at the man and says, Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him immediately, I love the way Jesus operates and works. The devils trembled when he came around. When the Spirit saw him immediately, the Spirit convulsed him. He begins having a seizure again. He goes through the motions again. He falls on the ground. He begins to wallow. He begins to fall at the mouth. Verse 21. By this time, we're freaking out. Saying, what the world's going on here? Jesus just carries on the conversation. Looks at the problem. Hey, how long has this been happening in the hand? He wasn't faced by the devil. The devil doesn't bother Jesus. He's not afraid of the enemy. He's not afraid of the mountain you're facing. He's not afraid of the troubles that have been keeping you up at night. He's not afraid of any of them. He says, how long has this been going on with this boy? And he said, from childhood. And often, he's even thrown himself into the fire. All right? He's tried to burn him up. He's put him into the water to destroy him or to drown him. Here goes the words. But if you can do anything, have compassion and help us. Jesus said to him, this is your key verse, if you can believe. Are you with me? If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, now I want everybody to grab what I'm saying. This today is not wishful thinking I'm preaching to you. What is wishful thinking? Wishful thinking simply means that we want it to be true. We want it so bad that we want it to be true. As we talked about the other week, there are some people that they need a miracle so bad that if I were to start selling them holy water, they'd want to buy and drink it. They would, they would pay money just to get one swallow of the holy water because they are so desperate. Whether it's true or not, if I tell them they drink this and God's going to heal them, whether it's true or not, wish 
what you need. It's that simple. But when I begin to look at it, if you could really grasp this, if we as Christians could grasp what Jesus is trying to say to us, this would be one of the most inspiring and powerful scriptures in all of this book that we call the Bible. Because according to my Bible, all horizons are removed. In other words, there are absolutely no boundaries to faith when we can only believe. Why can't we, the church of Jesus Christ, why can't we grasp this fact that we serve a God that is more than capable and able to do anything if we would just believe in us? Why is it so hard for us to grasp? Pinning their faith on this promise. Many men and women of God have done some of the greatest exploits in history. They have had mighty accomplishments, yes, even in the middle of facing severe difficulty. Because of their faith, God used them greatly. Notice the phrase, he said, if you can believe. Jesus' chief appeal to everybody that ever came to him. The one thing that he appealed to them was this. You have to believe. You have to have faith. Faith was ever on the lips of the Son of God. Most of the times that faith is used, it is used from the lips of Jesus Christ. It is the keynote of his sermon. It is the main topic of his sermon. If you have faith, if you can believe, if you can trust in me, it is his sermon. It is what he preaches day in and day out. Jesus kept it very simple in terms, and he said there's two groups of people. There are those who believe, and there are those who do not believe. It is that simple. There's two groups of people. Either you believe that your God is able, or either you disbelieve that your God is able. Even you, either, you, either you come to Jesus Christ with faith, and you believe that He is the Son of God, and He'll save you from your sins. Or either you choose to turn a deaf ear and refuse the Savior that died for you. There's no other way to look at it. When anyone came to Him for help, He always demanded faith from them. The key word in my text is only believe. It is an example of Jesus Christ, and he demands of those that come to him, you must believe in me. Uh, Jesus has just come from the Mount of Transfiguration, all right? There's this great multitude around him in this text. Teacher, I brought my son to you. He's falling at the mouth. He's gnashing his teeth. He's becoming stiff and rigid. I talked to your disciples. Your disciples were unable to do it. God, help us that we have more of the power and the anointing of God. The last thing I want to do is be a powerless preacher. The last thing I want to do is be a powerless church. Because the church that Jesus has raised up, he said, let all those that are sick, let them come to the house of God for prayer. Let all those that need a Savior, they're dying in their sins like a cancer eating away at them. Let them come to an old-fashioned order and you, the church, you lay hands on them and you pray over them. And I'm going to change everything. I wish somebody would say amen today. This is the church that Jesus Christ has called us to be. A church that is full of power and a church that is full of faith. People are supposed to be able to come to us and receive what they need. Right? Jesus rebuked his disciples and said, I'm sick and tired of this mess. You guys want to talk about how you love me, how you want to serve me, you want to change the world. You're going to go to the cross and you'll die with me, Peter, but yet you're going to deny me three times. Y'all are a bunch of talk and you have very little 
about you? Why did you have so little faith that you could not cast out? This boy should not even be standing before me today. You should have been full of the power of God to be able to cast this thing out. And he rebuked them for their lack of faith. How long has this been happening? From childhood, we read it. Jesus said to him, if you could just believe, all things are possible to you. I thought about another case of faith. There's this woman, and you know the story, and I won't read it for time's sake. She's a woman with the issue of blood. The Bible said that she pressed her way through a crowd to touch the very hem of his garment. This is what she said. If only I may but touch his clothes, I shall be made well. When she had a touch of faith, just a little touch of faith, it wasn't in the garment Jesus was wearing. Hold on, everybody shout it once. You're on my message. Are you taking away from the power of Christ? Not from the power of Christ, but maybe the clothes he was wearing out of The clothes didn't have extra power because Jesus was wearing them. I can give Jesus this coat. It's still just an earthly coat. Just like his garment was an earthly garment. It, there wasn't nothing super spiritual about it. The thing that healed her was not just because she touched the garment of him, but she had a touch of faith. And when Jesus felt in his body that virtue had been gone, he says, who's thronging me? And they said, oh, the crowd's doing this. And no, no, no. This is different. There's a touch of faith. There is a connection that has been made. There is a connection between heaven and earth. Something just happened and I felt it. And he turned around. And here comes this little lady to which he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Now you go in peace and you be healed of your affliction. Who was she? Anybody know? Can somebody tell me her name? Because I'd love to know it. You can name her hypothetically whatever you want her to be. She could be an Angie. She could be a, a Ruby. She could be an Ada. Right? She could be a Senator. Yes. I don't know her name. Who she was, guess what? It didn't even matter to Jesus who she was. Oh, come on, somebody. I said it did not even matter to Jesus who she was. Where was she from? We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. It was not important to Jesus. Her name, her status, her position is not important to Christ. It is her faith that brought her in contact with her with him. And it was her faith that made her whole. That is all God cared about. God does not care where you're from. He does not care if you've got a bachelor's degree or if you've got a doctor's degree. He doesn't care what your IQ, whether it's low or whether it is high. The only thing that God cares about is there's a man or woman that knows how to pray and knows how to get a touch of faith and touch heaven. Hallelujah. And the answer's on the way. That's all he cares about. That's it. That's all he cares about. Your faith in him. Some may question, I've heard it before, will God save anyone? My answer is very simple. Yes, God will save anyone who believes. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever, whosoever would believe in him, they're not going to perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever, it doesn't matter who they are, as long as they have faith. Immediately, when their faith connects with Jesus, they are a born-again believer regardless of who they are and where they came from. We cannot 
It is invaluable. It is indispensable. And that is the way that our faith is. We cannot even come to God without Him. For God said without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Blind Bartimaeus says, I can't even talk this morning. Blind Bartimaeus has been sitting by the road for some time. He is blind. What did Jesus say to him? This man's hollering, screaming, Lord, heal me, heal me, heal me. He's saying, be quiet, Bartimaeus. He don't care about you, but when he called his attention, he looked at him and he said to Bartimaeus, he said, go your way. Mark 10, 52, you can read it for yourself. Go your faith because, go your way because your faith has made you well. In Matthew chapter 9, to a group of blind men that he touched, he said, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. That's all they said. We believe you are able. And the Bible said then he touched their eyes and he said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. <coughs> Everybody's doing And the Bible said immediately their eyes were I find this very intriguing. It, it intrigues me. Because I'm dealing, this isn't Jimmy praying for your face. This is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I cannot even begin to imagine. This man, when he lays hands on them, he does not say to them, it is by my power that you are going to be healed. He never said, it is by my ability that you are going to be made well today. Because there is no question about his power, folks. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. There's nothing my God cannot do. It is not about his ability or capabilities. My God can do anything but fail. All authority, he said to his disciples, has been given to me in heaven and in earth. It is not a matter of if God can do it. For with God all things are possible. It was not a matter of whether he was able to do it or not, but whether they believed he was able to do it or not. Did y'all grab that? The things that you need to do, it is not a question of whether he can do it. The real question is, do you really believe he can do it? And I'm crazy enough to read the Bible in black and white and words of red and let everybody know today that according to my text, if you can believe and will believe, all things are possible because of your faith in the ability to believe Jesus Christ to do what you have asked him to do. Look at Mark 11, 24. Whatever things, it's a powerful scripture, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. And you will have them. Is everybody reading out the same Bible line? You can get a pile of different translations. They all pretty much the same. They get the same point across. That if you ask in prayer. And when you ask in prayer. You believe in your heart. That the prayer that you are praying. That God is about to do it. He said you will have it. Sound too good to be true? 
With God, all things are possible. There's a measure of faith. Somebody said, I got a measure of faith. I've heard preachers say, I just don't have enough faith, right? I don't have any faith, or I don't have enough faith. I just can't believe for it, Pastor. According to Paul in 2 Thessalonians, he said, and I quote, not all have faith. But he is not speaking of the Christian. He is speaking of the sinners not having faith. Because we understand that, that all Christians have faith. As a matter of fact, if you don't have faith, then you're not saved today. The reason you're saved today is because you have faith to believe that there was a God in heaven that died for your sins and wanted to change your life forever. You came to Him with faith. You believe and it happened. It is through this faith we came to Christ. Therefore, being justified by faith, the Bible said, made righteous by faith. So if you have been justified and are living a Christian life, you are living by faith. I'm living by faith in Jesus above, trusting completely in His great love. In four times of back of Romans, Galatians, Hebrews, the Word of God says it. You know it. The just shall live by faith. This Christian's walk that we walk is called a walk of faith. Why is it called a walk of faith? Paul said, for we walk by faith and not by sight. If we walk by what we see, we're not going to make it very, very far, ladies and gentlemen. If we walk by what we feel, we are not going to make it very far. We have got to walk by faith that if God has brought me to this place, God is going to bring me out on the other side. You've got to believe that. Or you're not going to be able to make it far on this journey. It is a walk of faith. See, 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 understand with me. Now, now I do want you to see this. I do, want, I do want you to see this. It is true that there are different degrees of faith. We have been given a measure of faith. Everybody, we came to Christ. We had to have faith to do that. But then there's degrees of faith. And I could read every scripture for you today. But because of time's sake, I'm not going to do that. I will tell you where it is if you want to know. The Bible bears out those degrees of faith. In Luke 12, 28, he says, little faith. A little bit. I guess a little bit's better than none, right? Romans 4, 19, Paul tells them, you have a weak faith. In Romans 4, 20, he talks about having a strong faith. Y'all know what weak is, right? You know what strong is. There are some Christians that have little faith. There are some Christians that have a weak faith. But thank God they're strong. Some Christians that have been in this way long enough, they've got a strong faith by now. In 2 Thessalonians 1 3, he called it a growing faith. I think sometimes that's where a lot of Christians find themselves. I think oftentimes that we get discouraged and we get disgusted and nearly busted and we get to a place that we're having to pray, God, just help me with my faith. We get in that place and we say, God, I know you're able, but. This growing faith. That means we're not where we want to be. But we're getting better every single day. In James 2.5, a rich faith. In James 2.22, a perfect faith. In Matthew 8.10, he said great faith. In Acts 6.5, he said you ought to be full of faith. So there's different, different places that we can be. Our measures of faith, our degrees of faith that we can have. But he has given us all measure. 
So then faith comes by hearing. 
Faith is a substance of things that are hurtful. 
difficult for us to believe what God has spoken. Not one jot, not one tittle of his word has ever failed. Psalm said it this way forever, O oh Lord. He said, your word has been settled in heaven. I will not allow my faithfulness to fail, he said. My covenant I will not break, nor honor the word that's gone out of your lips. The word of our God stands forever. These are just scriptures. Christ declared heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall remain and stand. They will not pass away. Joshua told the children of Israel. He brought them back to their recollection and memory. And he said not one word failed of any good thing that the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel. He said everything God said he would do came to pass. Do I need to remind some of you today that the same thing is true for you? That God has done things for you in your past that you need to recall and you need to remember. Not one word has ever fell to the ground that this great God has spoken over you. My word shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing that I sent it to. Come on, little piano, stand on closer. Faith in His word is all that we need today. It's important to understand that everything in His word that He is speaking, guess who He's speaking it to? He's speaking it to you. Everything in this Bible, it's for you, my friend. Everything in this Bible, Dale Eller, is for you. There's nothing in here that God didn't intend to be a promise to you. That goes for everybody in this building today. There is not one jot or one tittle in this world that God did not mean that it wasn't for you. Understand, take it all. The whole book, John, eat it all. It's yours. It may not always be good things. It may seem bad at times, but you've got to take the word for what it is. This is a God. This word is not speaking to those in bygone days in the past. It is not a word just for future generations, but this is a word to us and for us. Word is relevant, ladies and gentlemen. This book is relevant for every generation that was, that is, and is to come. The centurion came to Jesus and said, Lord, my servant is lying at home. He's paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and I will heal him. Listen. The centurion answered, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Just speak the word. Did you grab it? Just speak the words. And my servant will be healed. This man believing the authority of the words of Christ. And the miracle happened. And did you know what Jesus said of him? Talking about the grace of faith. He said to his disciples, I have never seen anyone with such a great faith in all of Israel. And God did the miracle. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. If you desire to be healed, God said he sent his word and he healed them all. In Acts 14, a prime example in Lystra, the Bible says a certain man was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. The man heard Paul speaking. Paul observed him intently and seeing, and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Paul said with a loud voice, he said, stand up straight on your feet. And the Bible said he leaped 
he walked. This is very, very important here. As the Apostle Paul preaches, he encouraged the man, act on your faith. So we can be saved for so long that we get into these ruts and we think that, well, you know what? Miracles are just going to happen for me because I'm a Christian. I deserve it, right? I'm blood bought. Jesus is just going to take care of everything for me. That's not what I read in my Bible. In my Bible, when I look at miracles, they are always attached to faith. And they believed that God was able. But Paul said to the man, he said, it's time for you to stand up on your feet. You have been down long enough. If you really have faith, stand up. The man acted on his, not on what just Jesus said, but on his personal faith. And he said, I believe this Jesus that Paul's preaching about can do it. And he stands up. Peter and John, you know the story in Acts. Whenever he's walking by the gate, beautiful, and there's this guy that has a ball, silver and gold, have I done? Peter tells him as such as I have, give out you. And he gives him a little command and says, In the name of Jesus, you, you need to get up and you need to walk. Is everybody still with me today? When you have faith like that, that is when miracles not just because you serve Jesus and he's just going to do it just because he's God. No. You have to connect and believe that the God that you serve is able to do everything. There is no longer to be buried in your life any longer. You act on the word of God. Get ready for those marvelous results to come. Peter has told all that all. He has taught absolutely nothing. He's angry. He's ill. He's ornery. Jesus shows up on the shore. You know the story. He said, launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. Peter answered and said, Lord, we have fished and toiled all night long. And we have caught nothing. But nevertheless, at your, at your word, we will go back out there and we'll try one more time. And you know the story. He went out there and sure enough, the Bible said that so many fish began to fill that net that the net began to break. Are y'all picturing this? The net began to break. Let me take it a step further. The Bible said, and the boat began to sink. And you're trying to tell me that the God that I serve Cannot do it. Your faith. Not my faith. Not my prayer. But your faith. Has made you whole. Today you will not receive what you need. Because I lay hands on you. And I have some kind of supernatural ability. Even when Jesus healed folks. He reminded them. It was your faith that did it. Let's say, I've got to shut up and I've got to go home. If you can muster the strength to believe it, then I promise you this God that I serve, He can. And not only can He, but I'm telling somebody today that He will do a miracle like you never dreamed possible. My son has been tormented 
by these demons. He's fallen down. He's fallen out the mouth. But Jesus says simply to him, if you can believe, then all things are possible to him who believes. And what God wanted me to tell you today is whatever you have need of, if you can believe that your God can do it, you will receive exactly what you need. He's a way maker. Oh, way maker. If you want to pray today, be all right.
scripture in the Bible, and I'm finally figuring out what it means after so many years. Where he told us, he said, where two or three, if they touch and agree on any one thing, it shall be done. I sure I may be crazy. But I think maybe God is trying to tell us what that means is sometimes our faith is weak. And we need somebody or bodies. To touch and agree together on one thing. And now instead of one faith, now we got two, three, even four faiths. And it's just like, I love water bottles. It's just like adding water to that bottle. If I've got this much and I give it another, it doubles. If I give it another, it doubles. If I give it another, it just gets more and more. And I think that is what God wants us to understand today. That's the importance of what they're doing in these offers right now. It's because they are taking what one person has and their faith may be weak. It really may be. They've been going through storms. They've been going through and they feel like it's the end of the road. There's no hope. But when the brothers and sisters of Christ connect with them and lay hands on them, it's like a heavenly thing happens. And God says that faith is being increased. Sometimes we need help. Sometimes we're the God on the map that we have to tear off the roof and his four friends have to get into Jesus. Sometimes people need us to help them with their faith. I'm not saying. Don't you love Jesus today? Don't you believe Jesus is able?
Jesus, today I praise you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done. For in this house today, faith has touched him. And today I know and I expect that miracles have happened here. Changes have come. Encouragement has come. Deliverance has come. Breakthrough has come. It is not become, because of some special formula. It is simply because somebody has believed and their faith has made them whole. I praise you for that today. Let us not forget this is not foolish talk or prattle. This is not wishful thinking. This is what Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we've come to trust and put our faith in. This is what he said. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.